أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir page by page where we take a page of the Quran inshallah ta'ala in every single episode and we make the tafsir of that page Today inshallah ta'ala we are on page number 9 of the first juz in Surah Al-Baqarah verses 58 to uh, 58 onwards, 58 to I think 61. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in the passage that we began with uh, in the last episode and in the one before that is speaking about the blessings that he bestowed upon the people of Bani Israel, the people of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam in particular, uh, but in Bani Israel in general. And that is that Allah Azza wa bestowed upon them many blessings. Blessings that Allah Azza wa mentioned in the episode that we took yesterday, whether that be from the salvation that they were given uh, from the tyranny of Pharaoh and his people, whether that be the splitting of the sea, whether that be the shade that they were given as they were traveling in the desert, the foods that they were given, whether it be that Allah Azza wa gave to them a path of tawbah, even after they committed shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of those blessings that Allah Azza wa bestowed upon them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about obviously the people of the time of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and that time period. But these verses are addressing the Muslims, uh, the, the, the Bani Israel of the time of the Muslims, of the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that is because those traits continue to exist within the Bani Israel, even in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, generations and centuries later. It's also because they approved of the actions of their forefathers and they agreed with them. And it is therefore by extension a lesson for us as Muslims that look at the many blessings that Allah has bestowed upon you just as he bestowed upon Bani Israel, just as they had prophets and messengers, Allah gave to us the Prophet just as they had the Torah, we have the Quran, just as they have been given these ways, oh, they were given those ways and means of coming closer to Allah during that time and with their Sharia and with their Prophet, that has all now been abrogated and now you must follow the ways of the Prophet ﷺ, his guidance, his teachings, and what you find within the book of Allah Azzawajal, the Quran. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, you have many blessings also. Don't be like those who came before you and turn away. Don't be like those who came before you and commit shirk and kufr. Don't be like those who came before you and disobey Allah Azzawajal, or innovate into your religion or change aspects of your religion or accept parts of it and deny other parts. And don't be like those who came before you and try to find justifications and excuses not to have to uphold the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and apply his commands upon yourselves. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 58, he continues with the blessings that he mentions uh, concerning the, the blessings that were given to the people of Bani Israel. Allah says, and we're on page number 9, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وَإِذْ قُلْنَا دُخُلُوا هَذِهِ الْقَرْيَةَ فَكُلُوا مِنْهَا حَيْثُ شِئْتُمْ رَغَدًا وَدُخُلُوا الْبَابَ سُجَّدًا وَقُولُوا حِطَّةٌ وَقُولُوا حِطَّةٌ نَغْفِلْ لَكُمْ خَطَايَاكُمْ وَسَنَزِيدُ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah says, remember when we said to you, enter this town, meaning 
the city of Jerusalem, and eat freely there as you will, or enter its gate humbly, and say, Relieve us, O Allah, forgive us, O Allah, remove from us our sins. Hittah, say Hittah, which means relieve us, forgive us, remove our sins. Then Allah says, We shall forgive you your sins, and increase the reward of those who do good. From the blessings of Allah is as we know, that when the Bani Israel was saved from Pharaoh and from his people, they left the land of Egypt. And they were commanded to go towards the Holy Land, the Promised Land, which is the land of Al-Quds. They were told to go towards Masjid Al-Aqsa. And that is what Allah will refer to elsewhere in the Quran is as Al-Ardul Muqaddasa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded them to go. Then this will be mentioned in a different passage in the Quran. But once they arrived at that place or were coming close to it, they were informed that there would be people there that are already residing within that city that are tyrannical. They are oppressors. And in order for you to be able to reside in this promised land, in this holy land, you must first fight those people and expel them. Overcome them and expel them and purify that city and then go and reside therein. And as we know, the vast majority of them refused to follow that command of their messenger Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah azza wa jalla placed upon the people of Bani Israel a period of wandering in the desert. The lost years. A time where they would for 40 years be unable to go into the city of the promised land. And that is because of the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it was during that time that the prophets Harun and Musa alayhi salatu wasalam would pass away before eventually they would go in. Allah says to the people of Bani Israel, remember we guided you to this place. We took you to this place eventually. They're allowed to go and they were allowed to enter. But Allah gave them an instruction. And that instruction is that you should enter into this place in a sense, in, in a place, in, in a state of humility. A state of humbleness, sujjadan, which literally means in a time or in a place of prostration. Meaning that you should be extremely humble before Allah you should show humility as you enter this. Don't enter into the city like your conquerors and victors and so on. Like the Prophet ﷺ, we see the beautiful example. When in the eighth year of the Hijrah, he returned to Mecca as a conqueror and a victor. But the Prophet ﷺ didn't enter into Mecca in that way. He didn't come in with arrogance. He didn't come in with, with, blow, with, with boasting and showing off and so on. He entered the city of Mecca knowing that it is the most beloved of lands to Allah and the most holy of cities upon the face of this earth, he entered the city of Mecca with humility and humbleness before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are many parallels and we don't always have time to go through them. But as you read the seerah, if you reflect upon the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and you reflect upon these verses and these examples of the stories and the nations that came before us, you will see the parallels that Allah Azza wa gives or the, the, the Prophet benefited from within his own life and experience. Allah Azza wa is saying to the people of Bani Israel, act in a certain way. They didn't do so. The Prophet and the companions understand that principle and they apply it themselves. How often do we go across the Quran and we say, oh, but this is about Bani Israel, it's not to do with the Muslims. Oh, this is the story of Dawood, or that's the story of Nuh, or that's the story of Hud and Salih. It doesn't have anything to do with us. Allah Azza wa is saying to you that these are the stories of the people who came before, the lessons from them, the principles that you derive from them, those are the ones that you should apply in terms of your own iman, in terms of your own practice of the religion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, enter and say this word, hittah, hittah, means, oh Allah Azza wa Jal, forgive us. Oh Allah, remove from us. Hattu sayyat means, oh Allah, expiate our sins from us. 
remove our sins, relieve us from the burden of sins that we have. Allah Azza wa says that if you do so, we will surely forgive to you all of your sins. And isn't the condition or from the conditions of tawbah and repentance that you show humility before Allah? If you turn to Allah Azza wa in tawbah, but you're not sincere, you're not humble, you don't actually feel like you need Allah's forgiveness. That type of tawbah isn't accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah Azza wa is saying, yes, you made many sins up until this point. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you this amazing blessing. Enter with humility, enter with a sense of humbleness, enter asking for Allah Azza wa forgiveness, repenting to him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَسَنَزِيدُ الْمُحْسِنِينَ The doers of good are always given more in reward. Whenever you do good, Allah Azza wa gives you more in reward. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always gives good to those who do good. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Ar-Rahman, هَلْ جَزَاءُ الْإِحْسَانِ إِلَّا الْإِحْسَانِ Is the reward of good anything other than good? Allah Azzawajal says, if you do this, we would give you even more. The companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, those of them that migrated from Mecca and they came to Medina, they left without their family members, some of them. Many of them left without their wealth. Many of them left in a, saint, uh, in, in a state of being persecuted and being oppressed. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because of their humility, because of their iman, because of their adhering to the, the, the worship of Allah and the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah honored them subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah increased them in good. Allah increased them in reward to the extent that they would then be able to come back to the city of Mecca and conquer it. And that Islam would spread not only across the Arabian Peninsula, but further beyond as well as we know. But what did the people of Bani Israel do? Allah Azza wa tells us in verse 59. But the wrongdoers substituted a different word from the one that they had been given. So because they persistently disobeyed, we sent down a plague upon them from the heavens and upon those who did wrong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they were given this command, enter with humbleness, seeking Allah's forgiveness, saying the statement, hitta, which means, oh Allah, relieve us from our sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 59, The wrongdoers, meaning those who oppressed themselves, substituted a different word from the one that they had been given. The scholars of tafsir mention that instead of saying the word hittah, which means, oh Allah, forgive us, they said hintah, which means barley or wheat. They added a noon, the letter noon, in the midst of this word, thereby changing the word seeking forgiveness to mentioning essentially a type of food, barley or wheat. This is the type of disobedience, the type of wanting to change the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah says that they were engaged in. It's like when today we have Muslims that will find or try to find ways around the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, don't take riba, don't deal with interest, don't take usury. But the Muslim will come and he'll find a way or he'll try to take a fatwa or he'll, and he'll try to find, why? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't do something, stay away from it to the best of your ability. These people came and they changed what Allah Azzawajal said. And you don't change the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unless it is a state of, or it is a sign of a weakness of iman, or unless you're trying to circumvent what Allah Azzawajal has commanded, or unless you don't truly have that sense that you need to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
So Allah Azza wa Jal says, as a result of this, فَأَنزَلْنَا عَلَى الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا رِجْزًا مِّنَ السَّمَاءِ بِمَا كَانُوا يَفْسُقُونَ Because of this persistent disobedience, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we sent upon them a punishment. What was that punishment? The scholars of tafsir differ. Some of them said it is a plague that afflicted them. Others said it was a different type of punishment. Either way, Allah Azza says it was a punishment. And it is enough for us to know that it is a punishment. We don't always need to know the exact type of punishment. Isn't it enough that by disobeying Allah or by engaging in these types of, of activities, isn't it enough to know as a Muslim that it will, that it will incur upon you the wrath of Allah and its anger? Isn't it enough as a Muslim to know that if you disobey Allah, you turn away from Allah Azza wa Jal, you innovate in the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you ignore the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that there is the potential upon you that you have the curse of Allah, or the anger of Allah, or the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why do we need and to try to assess levels of punishment in the sense that, oh, but that's an okay punishment, I can probably deal with that one. But as for that punishment, maybe that's too difficult. Maybe I'll stay away from that one. Is that the sign of Iman? Is that the sign of Iman that we're trying to like distinguish between different types and levels of punishment? Oh, I can deal with like six months of illness. That's okay. You know, okay, it's difficult, but I can manage that. But if it's no punishment of the fight, then maybe I'll stay away. Why? Is this the sign of true Iman? And so Allah is saying that when they were given the command, they refused to obey. Rather, they changed the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they changed the laws of Allah Azza wa Jalla. This is what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam warned us against. He said that from the signs of the Day of Judgment is that people will call things not by their names. Things that were made haram, people give them names, different names to make them feel or make them seem like there is, it is halal or it is permissible to do so. So people change the name of something haram to try to make it halal. Right? So we have something like music that is haram, we call it entertainment instead. We change the name there by giving the impression that it's okay because entertainment, you know, there's many forms of entertainment that are halal. This is a form of entertainment. Why change the name of something from its reality in order to try to give it a different type of covering? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then continues in verse number 60 and he says, also from the benefits or from the blessings that Allah azza wa bestowed upon the people of Bani Israel. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse number 60, وَإِذِ اسْتَسْقَى مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ فَقُلْ نَضْرِبْ بِعَصَاكَ الْحَجَرِ فَانْفَجَرَتْ مِنْهُ اثْنَتَا عَشْرَةَ عِيْنًا قَدْ عَلِمَ كُلُّ أُنَاسٍ مَشْرَبَهُمْ كُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا مِنْ رِزْقِ اللَّهِ وَلَا تَعْثَوْا فِي الْأَرْضِ مُفْسِدِينَ Remember when Musa alayhi salatu wassalam prayed for water for his people and we said to him, strike the rock with your staff. Twelve springs gushed forth. And each group knew its drinking place. And Allah said, eat and drink the sustenance of your Lord that your Lord has provided and do not cause corruption in the land. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that from the, from the benefits or from the blessings that Allah bestowed upon Bani Israel is that when they were in that land of the desert, in a land that naturally doesn't have a great deal of water, there's not a great deal of sources of water that you find in the desert and that's why by definition it is a desert. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, remember when your people came to you, O Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, and they asked of you that you, should, that you should give to them or find for them water. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, or rather remember when Musa prayed to his Lord. In the other verse that will be mentioned that is similar in Surah Al-Araf, it is the people of Musa that ask Musa 
And then Musa والسلام, asks Allah Azza wa Jal. In the verse in Surah Al-A'raf, Allah says, Your people asked you, O Musa, for water. In this verse, Allah says, the second part, which is Musa asking his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we commanded Musa والسلام, to strike the rock with his staff. The staff of Musa that we know that Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in multiple places in the Quran, the same stuff that he threw down with the sorcerers in the story of Pharaoh that turns into a serpent and eats the magic and the sorcery of the others, the same stuff that he used to strike the sea that would open and part the sea for Bani Israel. This is the same stuff now that Allah Azza wa Jal says, use it to strike a rock and from it you will have 12 springs that gush forth. Allah Azza wa Jal says, Fan fajarat, gushed forth. Allah in the other verse in Surah Al-A'raf, because it is the people of Musa, and this is from the eloquence and the beauty of the Qur'an, when the people of Musa are asking Musa, Allah says, from Bajasat, it trinkled, kind of sprinkled out. Right? There's a small sprinkling of the water, a small, small trickling of the water that starts, and then it gushes forth. The gushing forth is mentioned in the context when you ask Allah, when Musa asks Allah Azza wa Jal, because when we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah opens up for us the doors of the heavens and the earth by his permission subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when we ask from one another, even though it is halal and permissible to do so, so long as that person has the ability to give to you what you're asking from, if you ask someone for their help, they can only help you in a limited way. So Allah Azza wa Jal mentions this in the eloquence of the Quran, that when it's the people of Musa asking Musa, the Quran says that there was a trickle of water that came out. But when it is Musa that asked Allah Azza wa Jal, then Allah Azza wa Jal describes the water as gushing forth. It is one and the same incident. The water starts to trickle out and then it gushes forth into 12 springs. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala differs the way that it is mentioned here in the context. This surah, as we said, Surah Al-Baqarah, is a surah that speaks about our iman and how we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the level of iman that we should have. And the level of iman therefore denotes that we turn to Allah and ask Him for all of our needs. And Allah says, in return, if you do so, His treasures and His blessings will gush forth upon you. Why are there 12 springs? Because there are 12 tribes of Bani Israel. So for each one of them, Allah blessed. Rather than them fighting and converging and gathering around a single source of water, there's such a multitude of people that every tribe has their own spring that they can drink from. قَدْ عَلِمَ كُلُّ أُنَاسٍ مَشْرَبَهُمْ Allah says, each and every group knew its drinking place. That is from the blessing of Allah. If in a desert you have a single source of water, that's a blessing. But Allah gave them more than the bare minimum. Allah Azza wa gave them more and he said, eat and drink from the provision of Allah Azza wa The food that we already mentioned in the previous episode, the men and the selwa, the men and the quails that they were given. And at the same time, drink now as well. You have water and you have amazing food. So don't cause corruption upon the land. How do they respond? What is the response of Bani Israel? From all of these different blessings that Allah Azza wa has given to them, we already know a number of their responses. We already know in the previous episode that there would be a time, despite those blessings of revelation and iman, they would turn towards shirk. Despite receiving the Torah and being asked to seek forgiveness from Allah they would change their tawbah or the statement that they were given and they would show arrogance. Now Allah is saying that we gave you blessings of the dunya, food and drink and shelter, shade of the, of the, from, the, from the sun and so on. How do they respond? Allah says in this uh, in this final verse on this page, page number 9, in verse number 61, وَإِذْ قُلْتُمْ يَا مُوسَىٰ لَنَّصْبِرَ عَلَىٰ طَعَامٍ وَاحِدٍ فَدْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ 
فادعوا لنا ربك يخرج لنا مما تنبت الأرض من بقلها وقثائها وفومها وفومها وعدسها وبصلها Allah Azza wa says, remember when Musa alayhi salatu wassalam, when, remember when you said rather to Musa alayhi salam, O Musa, we cannot bear to eat only one kind of food. So call upon your Lord to bring out for us some of the earth's produce, its herbs, its cucumbers, its garlic, its lentils, its onions. This is how they respond to Musa alayhi salatu wassalam and to the many blessings that Allah Azza wa gave to them. Someone gives you the most amazing food and drink, and you say, actually, I don't want any of this. You're in hardship, you're in difficulty, you're in the middle of the desert. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses you with the greatest of blessings, but they just to be argumentative, to be difficult, to be awkward, turn around and they say, this isn't good enough for us. You've given us manna and quails and so on. It's not good enough for us. These types of food we're getting bored of. So why don't you just give us, you know, the lentils and the onions and the garlic? This is what we want. So the Prophet of Allah, Musa alayhi responds to them and he says, Will you exchange what is better for what is worse? Will you exchange what is better for what is worse? Meaning that Allah has given you all of these things that are from his greatest blessings. And instead of accepting those blessings, praising Allah for them, Thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for them, you turn away and you say that you want something which is less and something which is not as good as that which Allah azza wa has given to you. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing therefore to us as Muslims the many blessings that Allah azza wa has given to us. Allah has given you hidayah, guidance. Allah has showed to you the Quran and given to you the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and given you all of these blessings that you have within your lives. Why then would you turn away and seek instead of those blessings something which is less by doing the haram, by disobeying Allah? Why are you taking what Allah has said is pure and good and pleasing to Him and willing to exchange it for that which is impure and that which is displeasing to Him? And so they were told the people of Bani Israel, they were struck, they were told, go to any land, and there you will find whatever you have asked for. They were struck with humiliation and wretchedness, and they incurred the wrath of Allah because of their consistently and persistently rejecting His messages. And uh, they were, rather, they were struck with humiliation and wretchedness, and they incurred the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says that they were then told after this rejection of Allah's blessings, after this sense of ingratitude, they were told go and live upon any land. Misr meaning any land. And some of the scholars said they were told to go back to Egypt because in Arabic, the land of Egypt is called Misr. But Misr can also mean any land. And so some of the scholars of Tafsir were of the position that they were told, go and sit on any land, go wherever you please. And you will find there whatever you ask for because it is easy in those lands to grow the vegetation and the produce that it is that you're trying to grow. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says to them, that because of this wretchedness, poverty, the wrath of Allah they incurred. Disbelief at times, changing the laws of Allah at times, not seeking forgiveness and repentance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at times, showing ingratitude for the blessings of Allah at times. How often do we as Muslims or some of us fall into some of these issues? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying this is what they did. 
And so the result was that they were told that they would incur the wrath of Allah. Why? ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يَكْفُرُونَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ وَيَقْتُلُونَ النَّبِيِّينَ بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَصَوْا وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ Because they consistently and persistently rejected his messages and they killed the prophets contrary to all that is right. Indeed, because of this, they disobeyed and they were lawbreakers. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that because of their disbelief in Allah, their disbelief in the signs of Allah Azzawajal, the revelation that they were given, the messages that they were given by their prophets and messengers, and because they would transgress the boundaries and limits set by Allah, how would they do so? They killed a number of their prophets. There were prophets of Allah Azzawajal, for example, Zakaria and Yahya والسلام, that were murdered by their people, by their nations. What worse type of rejection is there and what grave type, more grave type of rejection is there than to kill the very prophets and messengers that bring guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jalla says it is because of this disobedience, because of this transgression that you incurred the wrath of Allah, that you incurred poverty and wretchedness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these verses speak about the many blessings of Allah Azza wa Jalla upon Bani Israel and then the way that they reacted and the way that they turned those blessings around or they turn those blessings into acts of disobedience towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is a lesson for the Muslims. With the many blessings that we have, that Allah azza wa has bestowed upon us, that we should be people of gratitude, people of iman, people of worship, people who uphold to the best of our abilities the commands that Allah azza wa has placed upon us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes us from amongst those people and that Allah azza wa jal guides us to all that is good. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.